Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast you are back for the journey through film comic book movie edition and this week we're doing x2 x-men united the second movie of the first x-men trilogy i am colton robertson and i am joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you today We've got X2 released on May 2nd, 2003, uh, directed by Brian Singer with a story by Zach Penn, David Hader, and Brian Singer with a screenplay by Michael Daughtery, Dan Harris, and David Hader. What was the, uh, the little for Brian, Brian Singer's Singer. a piece of shit. Ah, uh, I see. I didn't He's one of the, uh, one of the directors and yeah, one of the directors in Hollywood who, did a little bit more than he should have uh, behind the camera. Uh, okay. Because uh, in big old learning, piece of shit. learning all the good directors and all the good people in Hollywood that I'm starting to like pay attention to now, I also need to learn the names of people to stay away from. Um, yeah, so. yeah. Brian yeah. Singer, probably one of them. He's made some good movies, but he's, uh, he's, he's, a, little, he's a bit of a fuckboy. He's a fuckboy and a uh, predator, so. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, predator, big um, time. So, not not the best, not the best dude by any means. Wow, that actually makes. I was going to ask you if this was like if they had some sexual like inclinations between kids in this movie, um, because like the first question Logan asks Rogue. Um, like whenever they come back is like, oh, well, how do you two, you know, like, how do you two do it? Like, yeah. I, I guess it's the obvious question, but like, he's asking a kid, you know, like, I mean, that, that he is. Well, I, and there's, there's a way around that, low. you know, like they can't do anything couples do. Yeah, I guess true. I, but then like, okay, the scene where it's just like a field trip and then, uh, they show off their powers and then Professor X shuts it down, you know, and he's mm-hmm. like, all right, boy, let's go. There's like a kid, a little a little girl licking an ice like ice cream, and there's like she's five years old, maybe like six, like I mean young, and then there's another like seven year, just six seven year old boy looking over at her, and like he she's licking the ice cream, and he then like nudges his eyebrows up, like mm-hmm. and then she licks it like more intent like. A little like I don't know. It's just really weird that they're having kids do this, and then all of a sudden it's like, and then it's like no longer a thing. And yeah. like there was just multiple points in this movie where I'm like, what is this kid? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. I guess that makes sense now with this this guy because I, I did have this really just weird 
feeling, feeling about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I, uh, there's certainly some things that you could probably definitely go back and project onto that, which mm. I didn't catch first time watching this. I didn't think much of it, but, you know, Brian Singer being a complete and utter complete piece of shit, you know, you never know. There's, there's always the possibility. Uh, but aside from Brian Singer, on the flip uh, note, let's... in spite, in spite of Brian Singer, to, sorry to kick it off on such a terrible note, but yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> uh, no, you're good. You're good. In spite of Brian Singer, this is still one of the better X-Men movies, if not uh, easily the best mm. of this original trilogy of X-Men movies. And, uh, Oh yeah. No, far, that's... far and away the best for my money. Not, I mean like, about like a ton, but it's definitely the best. It's better than X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. This one, uh, definitely is my favorite one so far. That's for sure. And I, I, this is really probably only now that I think about it, my second real watch through these movies. Um, mm. now that I, cause I did one watch through them all whenever I had an actual functioning brain. Um, I, I remember I watched them as a kid, but very scattered, very, right, yeah. never really thinking about them. But, um, I guess this is really my second time going through them, but this one, I don't know why I didn't remember it before, but like, I think it's I remember, box. I remember the Magneto prison breakout scene. I remember that just yeah. because of how badass Magneto is, but I, I don't know why I didn't re- remember a lot of, um, other parts of this movie. Um, but man, yeah, I don't know. This one was change my perception on the X-Men movies so far at least. No, yeah, like this uh, uh this elevates the trilogy to a point where it's like, you know, it sucks what they do with the third one and we'll get there in a few weeks, but you know that you could tell they were building towards something they really wanted to do with like Jean Grey specifically. This is a very big setup movie for what Jean Grey does in X-Men the Last Stand. And uh what's cool is that's like really background. It, it, but it's still prevalent. Like, it's amazing the sort of threads this lays to bear that get followed through on in later movies. Because X Men Origins Wolverine concerns everything that Wolverine goes through in this movie. Jean Grey's whole storyline alludes to X Men: The Last Stand. Like, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of future stuff, and uh, I mean, it's just so interesting watching these movies with Mystique. Because she's so she's so much a non-factor, basically. But then, like, there are certain things that you can go, ah, there's a little bit of a pull-through there. When Nightcrawler, like, asks her, like, you can look like anybody. Why don't you look like them all the time? And she's like, because we shouldn't have to. That was That's nice. some shit that you get followed through on with the later, like, the earlier movies, quote-unquote. The prequel movies where, they're, where Magneto's like, uh, show me your true form. And then she like goes to Jennifer Lawrence and he's like, no, I mean, I mean, your true form. Like that's a, that's some cool shit, you know? And like, so like where there, there are like big glaring continuity errors in some places, there are some cool pull throughs that I really, really enjoy. Uh, another one that's just like a microscopic, like blink and you miss it. You have to know the movies pretty well. And I'm not even certain that this is the case. That scene where Logan leads them out of the uh, the underground base of Strikers, where he's like, "I, you shouldn't go that way. I know another way out. He's like, there is another way. And he takes them to this door on the side of the building. 
in X-Men Apocalypse, I'm pretty sure that's the door he escapes from whenever they find him in in Alkali Lake. So I think it's like it's like a weird pull through where it's like he knows that door exists because it's the door he escaped through whenever he got out. And it's like, yo, that's oh, hard. That's kind of crazy. Well, I like that. Oh, I didn't even think about, yeah, why did he know that there was another way out? I guess the only way he would know is that or if he somehow remembered the way that he took out whenever he first woke up just then, you know? But like, right, yeah, no, like, that that's the thing. Or, that, I don't know. <laughs> and obviously, it's a lot of projecting. There's not, well, there's, be, there's no way that's planned. That's kinda, yeah, no, I guess, yeah, no way they It's something they just act on it, later you know? on. Uh, but but uh, that that is one of the interesting things about this movie is that, uh, hmm. you know, they do center Logan, and they do center Wolverine quite a bit. Not nearly as much as I remembered, though. Like, this one did do a good job of spreading the love around and making sure the story was kind of evenly dispersed amongst the people in it. You know, obviously Wolverine's present for a lot of the stuff that happens, but he's not the focus of everything that happens. And I think that's important. Uh, mm. I remember, I remember him just being a focal center point of every single yeah. X-Men movie. And, uh, really you know, like I, I'd argue he's, though. he's still pretty centered here, but he's not as centered as he was in the first one. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really liked his story here though. Like where he thought, like he didn't know who Stryker was at all. And like you kind of have this moment where he's thinking, like, is this my like my father? You know, yeah, he's kind of shit. like he's kinda of, like he puts his claws away and he's like, wait a minute, no, I have to figure like just for the information alone, just to know what the hell where I came from, on. what happened, I need to know. Like I can't kill this man. And like he's like, No, like whenever the ice wall is being put up, he's like, No, like no, like like this is not what I want. Um Fun fact then, like, about that, by the way. That is 3,500 pounds of real ice. They did that? Yeah, it's a real ice wall. They did that? They did that, yeah. Just a fun little fact there. Wow. But that, I mean, wow, that, that's kind of sick. That's my favorite shot of the movie, actually, is whenever, like... Well, with good reason. It's practical. They sh they got to shoot sick. that how they I wanted was, to shoot wow. that. Wow. When, when Wolverine puts his hand up, like... To like match strikers well, on the Wolverine when you see Wolverine, not when you see yeah. Striker. Yeah, yeah, when you see Wolverine. But uh, no, I get you. But no, wow, that's I did not know that that was real. That's even cooler. Um, oh, for sure. But no, that moment was just really was just really cool in the movie where he's kind of like, you know, I want to talk to this this man, even though you know later on he's not gonna like him whatsoever at all. That's Who like was the that worst man? man, you know, in his life. So. His name is Stryker. Wh who is he? I, I can't remember. Uh, I'd be like, well, fucking thanks, Logan. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Like, just the fact that he's not elaborating about any of it. Like, he doesn't get, like, there are kids in this vehicle that, like, don't know him that well. Like, there's no way Bobby's like, oh, he's, there's no way Bobby knows, like, oh, he's trying to splice together his old memories. He's He's forgotten a lot of stuff. Bobby's probably sitting there like, you can't remember, huh? Fucking cool, I guess. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> well, kind of a bigger, bigger dick move for Professor X not to, like, I don't know. I guess Professor X knows a lot about the mind. He knows about, you know, maybe it could send him into madness if he just tells him. I don't know. But Magneto straight up just tells him. You're afraid you're going to lose him. And, uh, no, I mean, like, Magneto straight up tells Wolverine. 
Oh like, yeah. Two strikers and what like he's like, well the only man I know who can man- manipulate adamantium is striker and uh you're kind of pure adamantium, so kind of putting those two together. I don't know why Professor X didn't think you could. And then like yeah, right. Logan just took that and he was like, "Oh fuck." He's like, "Shit." Well, I hate this man now. You know, he's like, "Well, I hate that guy. I know who he is now." And like he took it and he was fine. So like I I don't know. I, I think Professor X was wrong in this situation. Like I think I tend was, to agree. I tend to agree. It's just that like uh for the story, I, yeah, I don't know that it was pure, yeah, I don't know that it was pure selfishness that led him down oh. that path. I think he was being cautious about it. Like uh I guess and I do was. think there's something to the idea of get it, giving the mind the tools to figure something out and then letting it put the pieces together for itself. You know, there's probably something a lot more fulfilling about that as opposed to just being like, yep, check that out. You've been trying to rack your brain for years trying to remember that, and I could just drop it all on you in one second. How you feeling about it? And... Was it said that it was after they had Jason, Stryker's son, that Stryker's, like, they had Jason, and then all that messed up, and then Logan came along, like, afterwards? Is that the timeline? I think so. I think so. Because he says it's been, like, it's been, like, 16 years since him and Stryker saw each other, and his son looks an awful lot older than 16. Okay. Uh so that makes sense. I guess, like, he loses Jason in that way. You know, he's like, oh, I don't, I don't want that to happen again. You know, he's like, I got I can't. So it's like, it is, you know, I guess selfish, but not out of, you know, good intentions, I guess. You know, you could say yeah. like, that it's, that he's doing it for. He's trying to protect him. So it's not Professor like, X, just a, yeah. yeah, it's not a dick move that, you know, Professor X is just keeping this from him, but. Um, no, not completely. That's, it's just I, a. I don't know. That's why I've been loving Magneto is just how on the side of mutants that he, you know, he's just like, if you're a mutant, like you're just, I'll, I'll, you know, he still looks at himself as like, you know, top shit. And he's like, I I will fuck you up because I am Magneto and I can, I am that man. But, um, at the same time, he's like, yeah, I don't know. You're a mutant. We're like one big family and we'll rule the world one day. So I'll, I'll let you, you know, we are mutant brothers and sisters. Yeah. He's, I don't know that the line. I, I don't know because um, I do have a lot of Magneto up here. It's only Magneto and Wolverine. I kind of want to spread the love a little bit. Um, but man, that's just really what I loved out of this movie, I guess. Um, but the line that he tells, um, I think it's Pyro. Um, whenever he's, you know, sitting down with him, and he's like, hey, what's your what's your name? He's like, nah, what's your real name? You know, Pyro. Yeah. Um, and he's like you're a god among insects. Don't let anyone tell you different. You know, and it's just like, you see mm. Magneto, he's already full, full, well-believed in that. You know, he's, that's that's just how, what he believes in. But like, he, you see like the actual thought being like instilled in Pyro in that moment, like right there, like yeah, actually. Right. And it's like, ooh, I see the danger. in That in whole now. sequence, dude, When from the moment their plane is crashing and Magneto saves it, then after that, when they're on the plane and her, him and Mystique are like, ha, 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 look at Rogue, look at what we did to her. I love your hair. Like, I don't, I thought that shit was so funny. Uh, so out of pocket. That's so out of pocket. Uh, Damn, but that like, is, that is, they rough. were just like, remember, this dude is a villain. 
you know, like he, he is a villain. He's on the right side right now, but he's a dick. Uh, I thought that shit oh, yeah. was so funny. Uh, and I do think, uh, uh, to that, to that note, I think that something this movie did really well is it gave, uh, it gave Rebecca Rom, Roman, the, uh, actress for Mystique and Anna Paquin, the actress for Rogue, a little bit more to do in this movie, I think. And, uh, I really appreciated both of them in this, uh, in this watch. I, uh, you know, I love the way the movie kicks off with like, uh, the notes of what Jean Grey told Logan at the end of the, at the end of the first movie. Like, she's quite taken with you. Like, she's, and I just love that Logan's just like, he's like, well, obviously this is a child. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not into that. Uh, Mm-hmm. And uh, it, like he, he always he always treats her so kindly without being weird, and I like that's something that's shocking coming from a director like Brian Singer, where mm. it's like <laughs> it could feel a little weirder, uh, and they don't they don't make it feel weird. Uh, yeah, like Logan's just like he 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 has a very paternal protection over Rogue, which I really really appreciate, uh, and the way that like Bobby's like jealous of him throughout the movie. And he's like, he's like real scared. They shake hands and he like freezes his hand and he's like, okay, bud, like chill the fuck out on me a little. Uh, they have a lot of like actually funny moments like that. Like, I don't know, even in that moment, whenever Magneto was saying like, I love what you don't, you know, done with your hair, like Rogue actually just like takes off her glove, you know, like that's all she has to do. Yeah. You she's know, like, you know what? I'm going to kill this motherfucker. Like, I'll touch you. I will touch you. That's all I have to do. I'll take off my glove. And everyone's like holding her back from taking off her, you know, it's like the equivalent <laughs> of holding her back. Like, I don't know. That's, it's, I don't know. They're like, put the, glove on, put the glove on this move. Like, that's the thing about, um, this movie that I think works so well is that it is, even though it's mutants and X-Men, whatever, it's very human problems. You're dealing with the president of the United States. You're dealing with the human race. You're dealing with, you know, like, everyone possibly dying at you know at once like right very cut and dry um you're using like a villain using like one of the most op heroes as the weapon to kill humanity like that's just that's actually super cool like as a concept yeah, for, for sure um for a superhero movie um to use professor x as the weapon and like to use like cerebro what professor x and magneto like came together to create and, like i don't know it's like that that's just really cool. Um and like say what you want about the X-Men movies, but like as a comic book movie goes, like I don't know what more you really want from like a like sure it's not critically like a masterpiece, but like the fights that you get are are cool. The concept of the movie is sick. You get so many more care. It's like the found family aspect is just so much better than the Avengers. Um like I don't know, this movie's just it's actually, as a comic book movie, it's been... There's not much more you could know. want out of it, yeah. if you ask me. I really, really enjoyed it, like, a lot. Like, um, there are some obvious things that I can I can point to. Like, I can't, I'm not going to say, like, I can't find a thing that I didn't like about this movie. Um, you know, I'm not all, I don't think this is a straight, you know, 10 across the board, obviously, or anything like that, but... Um, as far as like the project's gone so far, I think this is actually like pretty high up there though. No, uh, it's uh it's amongst it's amongst my favorites of the project so far. In fact, let's go ahead and hit the hit the rankings, if you will, for the on the old letter boxed mm. for me. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, okay. I've got this movie top five. Oh, I've okay. got it at four. Wow. Only behind Superman, Spider-Man, and Batman Mask of the Phantasm. X2 oh, comes wow. at four. I guess I did. I had X-Men, the first one, at four. And I like this one way better than the first one. That's for sure. So that puts mine at four. It makes X-Men five now. There you go. For me. So that's pretty easy. It's not better than Mask of Phantasm. Um, it's not better. Yeah, than like there's a, there's a drop it's off like, there yeah. right now. Uh, um, but I guess it's like the top of that tier the top of the not obviously like i love yeah this our top it's three really are like um, there i can only think of maybe three more movies that breach that tier yeah uh four <laughs> and like that might be it uh which is kind of crazy but wow. uh well i guess the the i think that that makes sense the more newer that it'll get i mean this is like 2000 2003 2002 like i got i got three movies in my top five that came out within three years of me being born so yeah uh, right i feel like that that makes sense um yeah for now for now that'll change these there's there's been a lot of great comic book movies in recent years and a lot of ones that won't breach that that level Mm -hmm. but uh yeah, man, this one was really good. I like that, like, you know, we talked a lot on the first X-Men movie about, like, the real-world issues that this kind of tackles, and, like, uh, this was arguably even more so diving into the, uh, the preju- like, the, the danger of prejudice and uh, hate. And uh, the the character of Reverend, they, they never call him Reverend. I think he's a general, and uh, he's a general in the movies, a reverend in the comic books, which I think is a little bit... They're like, yeah, you know who, what kind of person would be like this. Um, it's, I don't know. It is very, you can't really do this with the Avengers. And like the closest that we're getting to it is like Black Panther with Marvel. Um, I guess maybe uh, Miss Marvel did a pretty good job with like prejudice actually in the TV show. That's um, true. That's like true. Just straight up, like in the real world, just mm-hmm. showed it straight up. Um, because like yeah, Black no Panther, the the modern MCU, but, uh, the yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier does a little bit of mm, it. That's true. Uh, I guess they are kind of getting into it a little more, but this one is just like this is two thousand what two thousand three. Yeah, so like this is two thousand three, and they're you know still got some some things that aren't you know fully up to twenty twenty three standards. I guess you could say, but a lot of it is is like impressive pretty it's pretty impressive it's pretty impressive on the uh on the ideology side of things you know uh i loved i love the scene where they return to bobby's home uh in boston Mm. and he he sits his parents down and he's like i got something i have to tell you Uh, i'm a mutant uh just uh the whole obvious overtones of it being like a coming out sort of Mm. thing which ian mckellen helped the writers hone in which i really loved ian mckellen just a very noted ally this dude is a very vocal ally of of the lgbtq community and he's um just an absolute fucking g i love ian mckellen with all my heart a baller yeah Uh yeah he's just he's just a real one and he was like well i think this would be this like tonally makes the most sense I, i can't imagine this not feeling like that like that sort of tone like what do you mean ian mckellen had to be the one to be like well obviously this is what this would be like like it's kind of insane that the writers hadn't already 
connected that for me. Uh, and what's even cooler is that modernly Bobby Drake is, is gay in the comics. And I think he's always been kind of coded as gay. There's a lot of those early, er, like the first class X-Men where everyone's like Jean Grey comes up and she's, she's super, she's super banging. She's a, she's a hottie. She's a cutie girl. And everyone's like, boom, like Scott's like, oh my God, I love her. And Hank's like, she's so fine. And Bobby's like, I don't give a shit. You know, like, uh, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of shit like that throughout the early, early comics where like, they never say anything, but it's like. Hmm. wink wink i don't know maybe maybe it was uh they only saw it as him having to tell his parents that he was a mutant and ian mckellen was the only one that was like smart enough to be like oh this is obviously just like we could do a very powerful real world this is like literally just the same thing and like maybe it was was that and they were like oh oh that actually makes sense now yeah and they're like strong yeah that's let's actually do that um i could i don't know i don't i have no idea how it went down obviously but but yeah, at least right. but how still. it turned out in the movie, it was like, yeah, the like my in my line on the Excel sheet, I have um, the mo- the line the mom says, you know, right after it's, you know, it, it right off the coattail of being like, you know, we still love you, Bobby. And, it, you know, you telling us this doesn't change anything at all. I want you to know that, honey. Love you. Um, but have you ever tried not being a mutant, honey? And that you was know? the line that made it so blatantly just like a. <laughs> an allegory for sexuality have you ever tried not being gay like that's kind of what they're getting at there have you just tried you know just tried not it makes even less sense in this like it it doesn't make sense in any context you are born that way that is oh like you 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 are that way that is fine to ask someone (laughs) have you tried to change your gene code yeah you know that that you had absolutely no say or choice in whatsoever, and I oh I love how the parents just get like slam dunked after by Pyro. Um, someone says like uh, I'm so it's all my fault or something like that. The mom feels shitty, like it's all my fault, and then the, and then Pyro comes and he's like, oh no, actually it's proven that the uh, the male passes down the uh, the X gene, so it's is actually that, his fault. Is that like still canon? Is that like, are they passing that through? Is that like, I don't know. I don't know. But what I did want to, did want to point out is that, uh, if the, if the dad passes the gene on, Stryker passed it on to his son and he might feel very guilty about that. Oh, that's definitely why they put it in the movie then. Yeah. Because like, okay, it doesn't really matter how it really happens, but just just more of a fun. An extra little thing for Stryker to feel just, to continue feeling the way he does about everything is that just you know he he passed that gene on another one of my favorite little moments is during that like that scene overall is fantastic that entire middle portion of the movie where they're there uh whenever uh bobby does say that and uh she's just and his mom's like well you know it's just this mutant problems a bit and then logan cuts her off what mutant problem what's the problem and she's like, it's complicated. And everyone in the room is like, God damn, I fucking hate these fucks. You know, like, like it's just a uh... love how they walk in the house and he's just drinking a beer. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, and he has no idea how to handle it. He's just like, I, I mean, I'm like, I promise I'm supposed to be here. I'm not just sneaking into your house, grabbing a beer. I swear. Uh, Bobby runs downstairs. He's like, this is Professor Logan. Fuck. You know, like, 
fuck it. It doesn't even make sense that he's a professor. You know, what professor comes in your house? I guess make yourself at home, you know. He's just really making himself at home, drinking a beer. Rocking a, rocking a tight white yeah. t-shirt and some jeans. Oh, man. I don't know. That's, that's like, you don't get, you don't get these situations. Like, it's, it's also funny. Like, a movie like this. It's, it's not outright meant to be funny necessarily. It's just the situations kind of like happen to be. Like, what other movie can you get situations like this? You know? Not for real. Not necessarily. So, I don't know. It was, it was just a lot of fun. Um, yeah, man, I, I really do think all my favorites are just going to go to, to Magneto and, and Wolverine here, which is just really sad. I don't know. Character could be the one that could change because my shot, I already have said that it's the, uh, whenever Wolverine has his hand up against the ice wall. Um, I said very briefly, I believe that my scene was when Magneto breaks out of prison, Mm. um, I don't know if I if I did declare that necessarily, but that was just it was one scene I did remember out of the movie before, and then when it came up again, I was like, "Yeah, okay," uh, because it really clicked this time. Uh, that Mystique just put in a bunch of metal into that guard. You know, like the first time I watched it, I really didn't connect the storyline of what Mystique was doing to help Magneto escape. Mm. Um, but then now knowing and then watching it happen, I'm like, okay, this is sick. And then him just being like, there's something different about, you know, he's like, he instantly knows he's like sleeping, you know, he's, just he's, like, like, he's like, oh shit, I got the yeah. tingles. Yeah, there's something. I feel the metal you. nearby. Yeah. And this guard, this guard is like, yeah, man, I was having a good day. This guard just got abs, you know, like fuck well, this, this guy. This guy's just yeah. depressed all the time, apparently. Like, uh, there's something different about you. Yeah, I was happy this morning. No, it's because what just happened to him. Yeah. Oh wait, I guess that happened to him last night. Yeah, it's like it's just like there's yeah. something different about you today. I was having a good day. <laughs> you know, like uh. Man, I mean, yeah, this dude just, I mean, the way that it happened, damn, that's a way to go. Because I don't Ooh. think he lived through that. I think, no, like, every no, single one of bad. his veins got, like, ripped open or, Washed. like, yeah, that's, I don't even want to think about how you go out that way. No, like, but he, just, this man bled out. Just how, he, how he's, like, spinning just those three balls and then he, he just flattens one for his little platform and just, just so effortlessly, you know, and just how it's, like, how, like, they're like it's just rotating around, around him and then he just uses them like he's smiling as he kills those guards like as he's you know coming out because like perfect i mean it's like you see you know his origin where he's oppressed very much so um and you know he gets out of that and very good whenever you can see magneto or anyone kill nazis or escape from nazis and do that killing nazis is a is a is a great film trope i will always love yeah. it got to love that and, and, you know, it is fun seeing um, these prison guards dying uh, because it's kind of like the same thing. It's like when whenever, like, Stryker puts the the mind control uh. his neck and, like, you see his hands, it's like, oh, my God. Like, you just – like, like the focus on his hands, you know, like how he hates it and he's – like, he can't stand it. It's making him remember all of that and then, like – and then he flattens out and it's like, oh, man. It's like, holy shit. Like, so that's that's – like – my scene, it's not just because um, of how badass Magneto is. It's kind of just like um, overcoming his really oppressors was, yeah. again. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it was it was really powerful. I got a powerful point in the movie, so I really liked it. Um, no, I dig that. I'm having a tough time 
I think I know what my favorite scene is, but my favorite scene therein affecting my favorite character. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, my favorite scene right now is Gene's sacrifice. And I'm certain of that. I think that's, it was an incredible scene. It made me cry this time around, which I don't, I don't recall this scene ever making me cry. If I'm being honest, and I've watched this movie countless times for some reason, it just hit me a little harder this time. And, uh, I think what did it for me in the, in that moment, because I loved Gene throughout this movie. I thought that like, while it is a pretty shoddy adaptation of the whole Phoenix surfacing and stuff, uh, I do love the journey she goes on throughout the film and for it to culminate in her making that choice for her to decide, you know what? I'm going to save, I'm going to save my friends and I'll sacrifice myself for them. I think that I loved that choice. Fom K. Johnson is fantastic as Jean. I think this is her. This is her best movie, you know, like uh, they don't give her they don't give her the writing that they needed to for Last Stand. X-Men, she was cool, but she was a little bit too uh, split on the whole Logan and Cyclops thing. This this one, she's made her choice. She knows who she loves. And. Yeah, the more I talk about it, my favorite character is Jean Grey and my favorite scene is the sacrifice and the falling out of the sacrifice right after it when Scott is freaking the fuck out on the ship and Uh, Logan, Logan saw like I love one of my favorite X-Men things is when Jean Grey dies because she dies a lot uh, and (laughs) Logan and Cyclops both just they finally relate on some level. They finally bond on some mm-hmm. level in the way mm-hmm. he's like, Logan's like, she's gone. And he's like shaking and his, his eyes are filling up with tears. And he's like, she's gone. And, and Scott's like, no, 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 no He has to be no. against him first. You know, they have to yeah. be against each other first, but then like they come together. And he like falls into his arms. And they like hug and they're like, ah, man, that scene got me, bro. Like that's like, more than anything, I was getting like chills and tears welling up as Jean was sacrificing herself. But the second Logan said she's gone, tears fell. Tears fell, bro. Because Hugh Jackman yeah. is the fucking shit. That man yeah. can act. Yeah, he can. I don't know that he 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 started saying it. And I'm like, oh fuck. I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. I was getting shaky. And then he started getting shaky. Whenever Logan started getting shaky, because he he was like saying it at first, like kind of in denial himself. Yeah, it's like she's gone. You know, like he was kind of coming to terms. With, but then, like whenever he started crying, I was like, "Ah, shit, man!" And then after, whenever he tells Scott, he's like, "Yeah, man," and and she chose, she chose you, like to like to tell him that, you know, like see, like oh, and I like, like that oh. scene because Scott handles that exactly how any sensible person would and is like it was literally never a question Mm. you know like he was like i had no doubt she had no doubt only you had doubt you know like there was never there was never she obviously was sexually attracted to logan but that's about it you know that 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 tent that was that was just gene's way of being like all right let's put this to rest you know, I feel it's like we've had these feelings for a long time. I feel I don't know. I don't really know how to take the tent. Oh no, that's Mystique. That was Mystique. Yeah. Oh my god, that's right. That's Mystique. She never actually did anything. She no, just... Jean never did shit. Wait, they didn't even actually. Wait, they kissed. Logan they kissed. kissed her. 
Yeah. And she kissed back for a second, but then she was like, don't make me do this. Don't make, that's right. That's right. Okay. That's right. And then walked away. So it is actually good. That's okay. No, they they maintain that. Jean never goes back on what she says. Um, Wow. Okay. I really, Mystique fucked me up there for a second. Mystique just, well, yeah, that's her, that's her power, man. That's what she does. Hmm. Uh, but, uh. And she really did that just to fuck with Logan. Because I also like, She saw that on the sidelines because she saw like uh yeah she saw them have that interaction yeah. and was like oh and so I got she an used idea. it later she literally just you wow that's actually hilarious man Mystique and Magneto are really just living it up you know they they're just, just having fun yeah um. <laughs> yeah they're having they're having a good time but Ooh, uh but yeah she, my favorite scene is Gene's yeah. sacrifice I think it's really really cool the way that like uh the jet's not firing up. Everyone's like, what the fuck's going on? Gene just leaves. Professor X is like, where's Gene? And then like, uh, they're like, fuck, 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 no, Gene. And she's like, yep, I got this shit, bro. She, she turns on every single thing in the jet. She makes it work. And it's like, oh. they're like, don't like Scott's like, don't you fucking take off. And Storm's like, I literally have no choice in the matter. She's controlling the jet. Nightcrawler, go get her. And it's like, she's not letting me. It's like, holy fuck, she's doing everything gene is powerful they uh they do a lot to allude to her growing power throughout the movie as well um you know obviously at the beginning when they are at the museum and she starts getting a little overwhelmed by the voices and she's she's doing the whole wiggly fingers and it's changing the frequencies on the televisions Uh, Mm. some of the stuff she hears in that scene is not happening then like it's really? uh it's allusions to later in the movie or stuff that's happening very far away. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things she hears is uh get to the shelter which is from the White House when Nightcrawler is making his entrance. One of the things she she hears is uh Logan yell no when the the white uh wall of ice is put up. Okay. Uh one of the things she hears is uh rogue yelling no they'll kill him whenever they decide to go back and save logan in the in the mansion so like i don't know if that was necessarily they were just like layering more lines in or if that was like that's the level of power she's achieving is she's hearing stuff through time uh which would be interesting it's Uh, the phoenix force and it's kind of like anything you know it's like yeah it's like that's if 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 it can, probably. Um, if it's it's in the realm, um, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it is. Beyond. She definitely. This is her movie, though. That's for sure. Um, like I, I don't really remember what happens in Last Stand. The only thing I remember is that it was just a little cringe. It, it was cringe. I remember it being cringe. It's a real it's, like. It's a fun action movie. It was it but just as an X Men fan, I'm gonna try and separate myself from the whole bad adaptation equals bad story. Now, because I don't remember much of it either, uh, I remember being thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed with the way they handled the Phoenix Force, and that's kind of the crux of which I remember not liking the movie. Uh, I'm hoping that's all it is, and maybe I can look at it a little bit more lovingly than I have in the past. I has the feeling that won't be the case, though. It's a pretty yeah. bad movie in general. 
Um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I do remember it being a little weird. Oh, that's the one where the last fight is like on the Golden Gate Bridge. Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. It's like really dope action. Like the stuff they do in that movie is sick. It's just that they do a lot of just what? What are we do? What are we doing here? Yeah, uh, I don't like really remember anything at all of that movie other than that Golden Gate fight scene. They and adapt. I don't uh, even really cure. remember what happens at the end of it. The Cure oh, storyline. Wait, it's actually kind of cool. The concepts of the movie. It's got the bones. Yeah. It's got the bones. Uh, and we'll see. You know, like I'm trying to enter it with an open mind, more open mind than I have ever, because that's kind of what the point of this project is, is just to, you know, when we get to those ratings, we got the favoritism, we got the critical, and we've got the adaptation. A bad adaptation doesn't equal a bad movie. A good adaptation doesn't equal a good movie. So like, uh, true. It is what it is. This one ends up being a good adaptation and a good movie. And uh it's obviously not a perfect adaptation. There's some stuff that that it's it's clearly just influenced by God loves man kills, but it's not uh it's certainly not adapting that stuff. Done story in their own up. way. Yeah, done definitely done in their own way. Um and they didn't like suffer from it is the thing. Is that although it wasn't, you know, it's a perfect example of a a movie where just taking a comic book as a script, like it's not a good, that's not what you should want out of a movie really. Like um, it'd be nice if like you have, like if there's a comics book that, you know, just the story is so masterfully written that you want to be adapted into a film, but like you're, you're going into a movie and it's your first time watching, like, I, I would rather it be different and have them come up with different storylines or, you know, something like that in the movie. Um, and I think this is like a, I don't know, a perfect example of um, it done well. They they didn't mm. do anything so crazy where it's like, oh, my God, why did they, why did they go this way? You know, like, why did, why did they choose to go this way? It was, it was all like. It was a fantastic like i love this movie this is so good and uh yeah like we've always we bring it up every time how there's usually a problem with the third act this is an extremely strong third act uh it's a very strong movie all the way through there's not really a part where i'm like all right let's get to the good stuff no like it's good stuff all the way through this fucking movie uh i thoroughly enjoyed it and there's a lot of the there's a few cool Easter eggs throughout the movie that I really enjoy. Uh, when Mystique breaks into Stryker's office and is working at Lady Death Strike's uh, computer, his assistant, uh, the little drop-down menu where she finds Eric Lencher on. Uh, it features the names of several noted mutants. Uh, it has uh, mm. Kanucha Harada, uh, a.k.a. Silver Samurai. It has Garrison Kane, a.k.a. Weapon X slash Kane. Mm. Uh, Jamie Madrox, a.k.a. Multiple Man, who does appear in The Last Stand. Sean uh, Koiman, a.k.a. Karma. Kevin McTaggart, a.k.a. Proteus, who is pretty prominent in the Dark, the Phoenix Force storyline in the comics. Uh, the son of Moira McTaggart who we meet in like X-Men first class and stuff played by Rose Byrne um, and Danielle Moonstar, AKA Mirage, just a bunch of node mutants. Wow. And then my favorites, uh, Remy LeBeau, who's Gambit. 
very prominent character in X-Men, mm-hmm. most notably probably from the uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine and uh, the animated series. And then my favorite little, little bit, Maximoff 2. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay, they alluded to the existence of Wanda and Pietro in this movie. Who's the the mother? Is that like known? Is that like we a meet we meet her in a later movie? Or is it always just Magneto's the father? But the yeah, mo- I don't like. I don't know that the the mother is like a, another super powered entity. Mm. I think it's just a woman, if I remember correctly. Just he, inter- he falls in love with the a human. Well, there's there's also the fact that in every storyline they have to learn Magneto's their father. I, okay, I guess fair. Yeah, th- this is a it, it's a, uh, a very valid. Doesn't one. necessarily, know you yeah. know, he's not around. <laughs> uh, there's a chance he doesn't know about yeah. them. You know, didn't fall in love, just kind of he hooked does up get around Magneto. Yeah, yeah he, fu- he he fucks. He gets around. Yeah, he gets around. Magneto uh, fucks. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm struggling because uh, right now I don't know whether I should flip my performance and character or if I am keeping it the same. Because mm. um, right now I have Ian McKellen as my performance and Hugh Jackman as my character. Um, because like seeing what Wolverine goes through, like in the movie, and then him dealing with Stryker, I don't know, like. I don't want to put Stryker as my favorite character, but I think he actually is like a very interesting character in the movie. Um, oh yeah, very very interesting character, just a big old yeah. fuck boy. Yeah, like it's uh, an ultimate hated character, but like done very well. Like as a villain, like he's Incredible just a villain. human, you know, and he like holy shit, this dude's a dick to his son. He's using Professor X as his main weapon. He has stolen everything. From the X Men through Magneto, um, like dude, like I don't know, like everything is very reason, like nothing is out there. He's just very resourceful. Um, like I think a villain done very well. Um, not worthy of the nod. Um, I think I think I will keep it because I I don't know. I really do like Ian McKellen's performance, like just how villainous he can be. Um and like whenever he's laughing up on the ship with Mystique was hilarious. I love what you've done, so you know, done with your hair. Whenever he breaks out of prison, like yeah, I think I don't know. I think um I'll keep I'll keep it the same. I'll keep Ian Ian McKellen as the performance here. That's um, funny. You uh you ended up landing on the exact same two as my first movie uh performance I gave to Ian McKellen, character I gave to Logan Wolverine uh, in the first movie. And in this movie, I'm going uh, favorite performance, Hugh Jackman, mm. simply for the uh, the last scene, whenever he, whenever Jean sacrifices herself and the whole she's gone sequence was incredible. Mm. Uh, oh, the That whole scene with Stryker in the middle of the movie, just uh, where they're in the mansion, whenever he's protecting everybody. Fuck yeah. You know, like I love, I love Hugh Jackman in that moment. And, uh, mm. whenever he sits down with Bobby and is like, all right, now that you've, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe grown up a little fucking bit, how about we just talk for a second? All right. Yeah. Uh, you want to cool down? I'd be like, soda for me. I love, yeah, whenever he does that, I'd be a little can... pissed that a dude who can like 
do that with his hand, like basically spits in my drink, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck, man? And like, uh, I love how it's, they keep everything in the fridge, all their drinks, but for some reason, soda is kept in the cabinet. And the only reason it's kept in the cabinet is so that this moment can happen is so that right. it can be warm and needed to be cooled. Um, I think it just works way better if Wolverine comes back and he's like, Oh yeah, I hid this, uh, I hid this six pack. Yeah, right. You know, 10 years ago, or I don't know, like in the wall and he just punches through a wall, grabs a beer and it's warm and he's like, Hey, cool it down. Yeah, that would know? have been clean. I would have liked that. That would have been like, funny. Uh, him actually finding a beer, you know, or something like that. But Pyro waking up in the middle of the night, him having a cigar. He's like, Hey, light me up, you know, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, but no, those those moments between Wolverine and and the like the younger kids were really cool. I'm like when he's he tells such Colossus, a good protector, like, man. Yeah. I love that shit. The way that mm-hmm. they like send uh, Gene and Storm are off to go find Nightcrawler, and uh, Charles and Scott have their own mission. And uh, he's like, Logan's like, "What do you want me to do?" And he's like, "I want you to stay here with the kids, man." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, "All right, uh, I, I love it." I love yeah, that no, shit, he's... and uh, Hugh Jackman's too fucking good in that role, you know, uh, when the ice wall does go up, and he's like, no, you know, like, he's, uh, he's, I love the entire action sequence where he's getting everybody out of there, and, like, uh, you know, we meet Colossus and Kitty Pride and stuff, like, that stuff was really cool, uh, that's just a really great sequence in the movie, and I think Hugh Jackman really shines in it, uh, and then I've already talked a lot about my favorite character, Jean Grey, in this movie. I think is my favorite character. I don't have I don't have any doubts about it. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful performance by Fom K. Johnson, and I think it's finally and probably her only truly great movie as Jean Grey. So, mm. I like and I I do think I found the line that I actually want to go with for the movie. Uh, the Magneto line of your God among insects, don't let anyone tell you different whenever he's talking to Pyro. I do like it for it's like the, you know, it's Magneto's philosophy. It's being instilled in a very young person. It's It shows, you know, that he's very villainous still and very dangerous, you know, uh, not the guy to be kept around in the mansion. You know, obviously, Professor X is the one that's in the mansion. Magneto's the one off on an island, usually like this is why. Um mm. And, you know, I, I went with it just because it's a hard Magneto line. Um, but actually, the conversation that Nightcrawler and Storm have, um, whenever, um, you know, he's kind of hitting on her a little bit. But it, it's more of like, someone so beautiful shouldn't be so angry. Um, Storm then says, sometimes anger can help you survive. And then Nightcrawler comes back with, so can faith. It's like okay, showing yeah. just how, like, what is keeping both of them in the fight? You know, like, what's mm-hmm. their motivation? And you see both of them kind of like, oh, like, um, like they both kind of like, they learn. look at each, yeah, they learn from each other. Um, and I, it's just the found family aspect of the X Men. Like, it's just kind of within this line conversation, I guess. That storyline's really, really strong, man. The whole, uh, Nightcrawler I think, is, like yeah, I love Nightcrawler, man. I love the way, on, I feel like, yeah. The opening sequence, that was tough to not make my favorite scene, you know, like, uh, him, him heading through the, uh, Heading through the White House, one of my favorite shots in the movie, and I'm tempted to go with it as my favorite shot. Mm-hmm. A couple come from this scene. Uh, obviously, the mutant freedom now knife in the desk with the president looking yeah, at it very strong. Uh, but the other one is when he's got like the hat and the trench coat on, 
and he's got his like head down and he's posing like JFK in his presidential portrait in ah, front of JFK's okay. presidential portrait. I okay. love that shot, dude. I think that, that is so clean. Yeah, why? Let's see. I wonder why he cho- why he chose JFK. I guess, well, <laughs> he was about to attempt assassinate a president. Um, There's so that. I guess there is that aspect there. There's also the fact that in a later movie, it's revealed that JFK was a mutant. <gasps> that's right. That, oh, that's that's kind of cool. And um, that Magneto is accused of having assassinated him. No. And JFK does have Addison's disease. Maybe that's his uh, X gene. So maybe I got it too. Maybe that's maybe what comes out. Um, maybe you're a mutant. I wonder what my mutation is. Um, it's just wild waiting ass. For, waiting for a traumatic experience, I guess. That's, oh shit, fuck. Um, yeah. I'm not ready for it. Uh, <laughs> did I not I already I have, have the tools fuck. to handle this? Shit, did I not already have that? I hope. Okay. <laughs> Damn, um, wait. Let's oh see. god. I don't know, maybe it's just coming up with the dumbest theories known to mankind and then somehow they work out. Maybe that's, I'm just. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's uh, just the thing. I'm just kind of lucky, like that girl in Deadpool. <laughs> it just kind of happens every now and then. Um, that's funny, Domino. No, do, that's right, uh, Domino. Yeah, that's a, that's a good line. That's a really good line. I think it's set up, not, it, it, like, just. Nightcrawler is a fascinating character. I love the way he's handled in this movie too. His whole religion aspect of him, the uh, because like that's a it's a tough line to uh, toe. You know, I don't think a lot of yeah. things kind of uh, properly display a struggle within a uh, struggle with faith. You know, I think Daredevil does it really good on a lot of occasions, mm. obviously, but. Uh, you know, beyond that, I think Nightcrawler is another great example of it. You know, he, uh, he, if the phrase he shouts in German at Storm and Gene whenever they show up, translated is like, I am, I am a demon. I am mm-hmm. a, I am a spawn of the devil. Like that is literally what it translates to. So not only is he, an aspect of this is his religious guilt, which Mm. I've never even considered watching this movie is that he, he's been told for so long that he is a demon that he has internalized that hatred and starts going like, you know what I am? I need to mark myself for every sin I commit because my existence is sin. You know, like he is like, it's super dark. It's super good. They handle Mm. it. Like, Nightcrawler, I was tempted to go with him as my favorite character. I just don't think, like, even though he's centered for a lot, I don't think they do enough with him. Uh, I think it is It is very, like, the toe that they're, or the line that they're, like, towing up against for just, like, Germanic faith. Like, um, just, like, anyone that has faith that is also German. Like, in movies, it's just, like, it, like... You have the Nazis. That's, like, what comes out of Germany, you know? You see a lot of... Germany is not usually, like the good guys and i feel like uh like it's very interesting just to see like an actual like just good representation of like people yeah. from germany you know like because i feel like that that's probably gotta suck being from germany and just like always being the villains but like i don't know like nightcrawler was a very um like i've just done very well like not overly like oh my god this dude is just like 
trying to put his faith onto like the X-Men. No, like he, no. he was on his own. He was, you know, praying on his own and like doing but his in own the, thing. Was very, but yeah. in the circus in Munich, they called me the <laughs> Nightcrawler. Had to say that every time. Yeah, yeah he had to no. say that every and, time. Okay. The way, the way Logan's like, all right, bub, shut up. Yeah, and he's like... He's actually offended by it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, he like, like he just doesn't know the group yet. He like shrinks into himself. He's like, aw. And he's like, like that's just the way a, Logan is. He's like, I uh, didn't get to say my line. Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but the, the one thing I'm a little like, I love this movie and I'm not pressed about it. It's not a detriment to it, but something that could have made it better is if they had made William Stryker an evangelical reverend a a religious zealot you know like to balance like if they if they center nightcrawler a little bit more on the hero side and mm. keep striker the way he is and just make him very passionately christian it they had the opportunity to do something really cool about faith there and uh just uh Dang. the two sides of of typical christianity you see uh it could it, it could have been super and it was still so good, you know, but like in the comics, that's the one thing I don't think they adapted very well is that like while Stryker is still very uh prejudiced and very xenophobic, like at least at least call him Reverend. You know, he was General Stryker. Probably just uh, for movie yeah, sake. I know uh, I, I know what it was for. Be, they didn't want they didn't want to risk it. You know? No, yeah, but like that's the thing though. You do have the good side of the representation with Nightcrawler. That's where I'm like, they really had an opportunity to make an ex like to be able to put that on screen because they had Nightcrawler. And uh I don't know. I think I think it would have made this movie better, and it's already great. Like I think if they would have done played with that a little bit more, it could it could be one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. But. uh that doesn't necessarily hurt it. I don't think because they didn't yeah. do it, it makes it worse. I just think that uh, it could have made it better. Like if this comes out today, I think they go for that. Like oh, I, I think that, so too. That's I, like I, I have hope for the X Men uh, in in the Disney era. Oh, I think that uh, I think we could get some cool stuff. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Real world. Hopefully, they stick with the real world um, problems that they focus on. I, um, I I think I just don't know how you can't with the x-men that's kind of all they've ever been yeah obviously there's some really grand out there shit but that really grand out there shit doesn't come before all the dealings with real world shit like they deal with the real world stuff and then the giant stuff comes after that like that's like the intergalactic yeah. type shit where they mm. go to space and stuff true okay yeah i don't know when is we don't even it's just Logan's the only, like, actual X-Men. Well, I guess we had Professor X. But, like, to know to come back in Deadpool 3, like, we have no confirmed X-Men at all in anything else, right? Like, it's yeah, just that Wolverine's coming in Deadpool 3, and who knows what that's actually, like, if it's Yeah, that's probably not the like, MCU's Wolverine. You know, yeah. It's probably just a Wolverine. So, I don't know. It, it will be really interesting to see how they handle... um you know, Magneto's origin, if it, you know, how that, how, you know, if Magneto is Magneto. Right. I, After tough. the way they did Namor, I think they have every capability of making, making him a Holocaust survivor. The whole, mu the mutation made me age slower thing. Like, yeah, that's all you need. Uh, I, I have faith. I have faith for that. But, uh, 
So you've you've said your favorite line, scene, performance, and character. Did we did did we present present your shot? Yeah, mine was the ice wall. I think. Ah, uh, yes. I think if I, I'm pretty sure it. At least after that scene in the movie, I immediately went to the Excel sheet and put it in. Um, it was either that or whenever Magneto was breaking out of prison, but there really wasn't a shot that was like, oh, like sick. It was kind of, like, I liked whenever the, like, the two balls were orbiting around him and he was on his platform, but there wasn't really, like, a good viewing of it, really. Yeah, right. Um, and I already had that as my favorite scene, so, like, I have all the shots, basically. Yeah, give it a little, give it a little love to somewhere else, you know, uh, I get you, I get you, but, uh, I've done favorite scene, favorite performance and character, so I'll do favorite line, uh. I love me some Wolverine, so I had to go with you picked the wrong house, bub. That's a classic. Uh, that was my one complaint about the first movie. I mean, not my one complaint, but <laughs> a big a big complaint about the first movie for me is that Wolverine doesn't say bub enough. That's his thing. He says bub at the end of almost every sentence. Mm. Uh so like uh getting getting a good like he's about to protect his family, his kids, his house. You messed with you you picked the wrong house, bub. I love that shit. I absolutely love it. Uh, it kind of builds on the uh, whole Professor X Magneto at the end of the first one being like, I pity the the one who chooses to come to that school looking for trouble. And uh, Yeah, they got it. I mean, that wasn't even full force either. That was basically just Logan. That, that was mean, just Logan protecting the house. Cost uh, it a little. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I loved that part where like uh, Logan's like, "Get them out of here," and Klaus is like, "I can help you," and he's like, "You can help them." You Mm -hmm. know, like they they need your help. Like I was like, "Fuck yes!" Wolverine Mm -hmm. like coming into his own as like a leader, instructing these kids on what to do and stuff. Like when Rogue is like, uh, Rogue and Bobby come back for him, and I was tempted to go with this line where uh, he where he was like go i'll be fine and she's like yeah but we won't you know like that was we need good. you yeah yeah like we good. need you and i i love that shit i'm just a sucker for wolverine mm-hmm. so uh anytime the kids look up to him or protecting the kids i love that shit and that leads me into my favorite shot uh just, it's like not crazy important it's just a nice scenic shot where we're really far zoomed out on the mountains at Alkali Lake and Logan spotted uh striker. You can't see him in the frame yet, but like there's a, there's a glimpse through the trees of Logan carrying a child and uh like protecting the child and he's holding him in his arms. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's really far and zoomed out, but I loved the way it looked. Uh, and I loved Logan that, that scene thereafter where striker was like a, you want to take your chances with them or do you want to know who you are, what you are? Like, and he's like, I'll take my chances with him. You know, like I love that shit. I'm a sucker for Wolverine and this movie does a good job of, you know, he's still a centerpiece, but like not making him the only centerpiece of this movie while still making him very prominent. And I think they did a perfect balancing act of Wolverine versus the rest of the X-Men. And uh, so ultimately this just ends up being, Probably a top three favorite X-Men movie all time for me. Uh, Only alongside Logan and First Class, I think, for a little collusion to the future. 
is it, it's alkali lake what's the lake name Al- alkali a-l-k-a-l-i like, like alkali metal yeah wow that's good okay <laughs> alkaline or alkali alkali yeah it's it's an allusion okay. to alkaline but it's uh gotcha. okay <laughs> okay um lake. okay that's nice i don't know but that that was a very beautiful location i i it seemed like they did that on location um, almost certainly like, i um, can't imagine that they did that on a on a giant soundstage i think there was even one where wolverine like is the because the shot with the kid is like at the end right yeah. when it, like that's a, i feel like there's one before where he like walks up it's yeah whenever he's going to alcohol like for the first time whenever professor x sent him there um to go there and he didn't find the underground thing and he just comes mm. into frame with the mountains behind him um and it's just Hugh Jackman I think maybe a cigar in his mouth or something like that right. it's just like mountains in the background was beautiful um yeah yeah that's, that's it was gorgeous man actually a fun fact about the uh you know you said the whole on location thing and it reminded me the uh the set for Striker's base at Alkali Lake was actually an abandoned Sears warehouse and at the time of filming, it was the largest film set ever constructed. They had to like use bikes to get to the bathroom quickly. I was gonna say because there was like there was a room where where Gene and Scott fought for a second. Right. Like the the like the steam, the huge turbines that were in there, the power turbines, like like right. just like ten of them in a row. Like, that looked like the legitimate room. Like, I don't know. Like, the actual room that would house those things. And, like, yeah, that room is massive. Like, right. That would, like, to actually just walk from one end to the other would actually, like, take a while. So, like, yeah, that, for sure. that's, that's in, it's a Sears warehouse. Oh, yeah, an abandoned Sears warehouse. And they didn't even use half of it. And it was the biggest. It was the biggest film set of all time. I guess that's the thing uh, about Sears, huh? They just had everything. That they was... just had it all, man. That's an appliance store. They only needed uh, half of the Sears <laughs> for the X Men movie. Okay, so. oh, that's funny. But uh, no, I uh, there's a, there's like a lot of this movie that we didn't even really touch on. You know, like uh, Professor X, his whole involvement in this story and how he was Jason. utilized by striker the way that striker was using mutants to see his his work done whenever professor x is like oh for a man of your taste you certainly you know you certainly keep interesting company and he's like oh i didn't mutants have a purpose as long as they can be controlled Mm. and it was like oh this man's a sick fuck yep oh like whenever he wheels out Jason for the first time. He's like mutant one, four, nine or whatever. He doesn't even call him, you know, Jason, like mutant, whatever. And he's then like, he's like, this William, is this is your fucking son. son. And he's like, no, this is your my, kid. My son's dead. Like the rest of you or whatever. Like, I was like, Oh my Lord. He's like using his, yeah. Like using his son's like, um, brain juice like for to control like secreting like keeping his son alive just to get his brain juice basically to control all the other mutants and use him as a weapon to like control professor x like oh my god yeah this dude is um he's evil Um, yeah yeah it's that's a sick sick fuck uh just a really disgusting character and they brought to life incredibly well just uh just very disturbing and uh 
I do really just love the way Patrick Stewart plays Professor X, but again, I don't think they give him nearly enough to work with. You know, I think X-Men 1 even gave him a lot more to work with than this movie did. Mm. Uh, I just don't think, I just don't think they did enough with him in this one. And I get it, you know, like they continuously have the problem. Professor X can end a conflict like it's nothing. That's true. Yeah, he does it at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, like it's like stuff pops off. He's like, freeze everybody. Yeah, let's talk about it. And he's like, and he tells, like, I forgot who if it's Bobby or Pyro, which one he walks up to first. He's like, next time you want to show off, you know, like maybe just don't. And it's like, but like, are you not like you are? Yeah, literally everyone in this mall is frozen. An entire mall to teach us a lesson. And you're just acting like it's nothing right now, you know, like, um, you know, that that part at the end when he freezes the Oval Office announcement and the storm, literally storm was using her powers just for intimidation solely like, and and I don't, I don't know how they all teleported in there. Yeah, I guess I think they was, froze everything. And like Nightcrawler was there. They could have been right outside and just like, poof, 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 and, poof, if know? they're like all holding hands all at once, can Nightcrawler. I think that becomes like Nightcrawler's got to like really, really concentrate. You know, he's got to try really hard. Okay. Uh, yeah. Ma- ma- maybe Professor X gives him like a little boost, mind boost. He's like, all right, yeah, let's do this. Like yeah, if, he's do this that, if he's touching Professor X, he can yeah. like give him like, I don't know, channel him or something. I don't know. No, so, I like that. I like that. No, that was uh, sick. Um, I love that shit. And like the storm is also a cover for like a power outage. Yeah, the technical like, difficulties like they up. had. Yeah, did we, did we lose feed? Like, what? I guess are we still rolling. The people watching what what the people would see on camera if if the president's desk is in view is him speaking, my fellow American, totally normally, and then out of nowhere, a blue portfolio shows up on his desk, and he's looking down at it, and he's all confused, and he's just like, you know, like so. That's what the that's what the the normal view would be is a blue portfolio popped up out of nowhere. And the president is now speechless. Yeah. I just went like <laughs> comes back online and he's like, Oh, I think in the shot of the president, whenever they address the nation, I don't think it actually shows the desk. It is like a chest up. Oh now yeah. That I think about it now that I think about it. Yeah. I um, think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, I don't, I guess like every not every president has done it. Every <laughs> president since TV. Well, yeah, right. yeah, sometimes they show the desk. Um, Regardless, sometimes. I do think it's funny that they were like, you know about this, Mr. President? And Mr. President's like, no, I have no idea what this is. He's like, uh, how did you get this? He's like, what is, wh- I don't, are you threatening me right now? He's like, that's literally what he's like. He's like, are you threatened? What is going on? He's like, no, he's like, no, we just want you to know. Um, yeah, I got a person who can walk through walls. That's how we got that. Pretty simple, actually, no problem. Um, but yeah, we just want you to know that we know this too. Let's just say I know a and little girl who can walk through walls. It's like, oh my god. Like, damn, Professor X is, I don't know. He is very up in his ego. You know, he's arrogant sometimes. Ah, man, but he's, I think we haven't reached that part yet. You Not know, yet. like he's. Mm-mm. As far as these movies are concerned so far, he is a pretty altruistic He's at his old age now. Yeah, he's. I think that's more of his younger, when he's figuring himself out. 
uh, right. storyline thing. Um, but now he's just the the awesome old Professor X. Um, I will say I think he's a little. Uh, I think he p- possesses a little hubris. You know, like I think he's like I am the most powerful. I know best. Like I think I think he does think he knows best. I have no doubt about that. Uh, True. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He is like Magneto in that sense. They are yeah. friends and they are similar. It's just Magneto's a little more active with his um you know, with his goals. thoughts. Yeah, and goals. Yeah. He he sees sees to I don't know, make sure that they they happen in his life. Yeah, right. He's a uh Oh, and uh, I really, really, I just love all the little itty bitty things in this movie. Uh, like at the end of the movie, Professor X brings up, uh, "Have any of you read the novel by English novelist T. H. White titled The Once and Future King?" This was the same book that Magneto was reading in his cell whenever Stryker came, and like uh. And put the put the fluid in his neck, like uh, the the very same book, which I thought was very cool. Um, oh, what's I wonder what that book's about? It's about it's, the uh, the youth and education of King Arthur. It's about his uh, his rule as king and the romance between Sir Lancelot and Queen Guinevere. Hmm. Okay. It's divided into four parts: the sword and the stone which is a very noted story. Uh, the Queen of Air and Darkness, uh, the Light, and the Candle in the Wind. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that, because at first I thought he was reading The Boy in the Striped Pajamas in his cell, because, like, that's what the cover looked oh, like. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I read the title, I'm like, oh, that'd be, that'd be really weird for him. Like, that'd just be kind of, I don't know. I don't know if no, that's yeah. a it's a it's a fantasy him. book. It's a fantasy yeah. book. Like how, in the show, you give Magneto the boy in the striped pajamas. I think that's actually worse. You know, oh, in his sure. prison cell. Like, yeah, no, that's and like he chooses to read it. I don't think he chooses to read. I don't know. Um, but uh, that is that is cool. That I, I wondered why Professor X brought up that book. I, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought he was just going into one of his lessons and they were just in, in the movie, you know. Um, but that's cool that it's actually a little through line there. That, yeah, man, they have a lot of There's a little part in, in the book where Merlin instills in Arthur the concept that the only justifiable reason for war is to prevent another from going to war. And that mm-hmm. contemporary human governments and powerful people exemplify the worst aspects of the rule so basically the principle is that professor x is like the only reason we will go to war is to prevent magneto from going to war with humanity that's the only reason we'll we'll ever go to war and i think that's kind of just the the very cool principle about uh that's the difference is that magneto probably reads it and is like fuck that no that's not the only reason to go to war. Professor X is like, it is. That's you know, it's just another example of them probably yeah. viewing things in different ways. And I think it's, I thought it was a really cool little bit of the, uh, of the movie. Kind of the, kind of similar to the chess match thing from the first one where like they were showing like the pawns and the powerful pieces. Actual, that. like, act, like that's, man, they actually pay attention to like a lot of the little details in these movies. Cause like, they, they didn't have to for that little t- like chess match, but it actually makes so like perfect sense 
like for oh, I love it. both of the characters and and uh I don't know like what a cool um just dichotomy like or is it just dynamic between the two characters lifelong friends both just mega powerful leading basically their own like little crusades um, well, and like just, something I've just never keyed in on too much is just that like uh you know they 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 say it in the first movie like yes Magneto helped me build it like in the second movie it's like he knows the inner workings of Xavier Mansion very very well he can give you an entire layout yeah I mean in Magneto he's straight up I I guess I mean he he had all the panels like that uh, c- confuses me how just rearranging the panels makes it just amplified hum- whatever however that happens but like the point of that is to show that he just knows how Cerebro works. Like, that dude, like, he right. helped build it. Like, um, he knows the inner workings very well. Um, and, oh, right before he walks in there, how he just pulled all the pins on their that oh. like are the grenades on their vests and then they all blow that you, you see all see them, them all like drop <gasps> at his side. Yeah, like, oh, man. God, he's so... He's effortlessly badass. Like, well, I think they so follow cool. through on that next movie, and like the military has like plastic weapons. That's oh, I think that is true. Yeah, something Which like is cool. yeah, like a little, just a little pull through Maybe where they, the, the yeah, military's like, we cannot carry metal anymore. Uh, yeah, a we will die. Can, a thing that can explode on our body if pulled by a little metal pin. Yeah, that's not not yeah, gonna fly fucked. anymore. You're fucked. Uh, no, man, I, uh, I absolutely love it. Another, another little part, uh, I don't have much else to say about the movie, but another little part I loved about the movie was, uh, this, the scene when they all first got in to Stryker's, uh, base and they're all standing right outside the, like, uh, the base of operations where Mystique is like sending everybody on missions and stuff. And they're like, it just kind of shows where everybody's priorities are like Wolverine immediately goes, all right, I'm going to go find striker jeans. Like I'll go get Scott Uh storm comes in. She's like, where are the kids? Mm-hmm. You know, like I thought, I thought it was really cool that everyone who came in there had a goal and they knew that they all, all the goals needed to get done. And every single goal had a specific person who cared the most about it, which I, uh, I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even Gene, like, because Logan goes right away. He's like, he knows where he doesn't you know, say anything. He, he, he takes his earpiece out and leaves. You know, he yeah. leaves his ear his earpiece there. And then um, someone's like, "Where's Logan?" I think Storm's like, "Where's Logan?" And Gene, you know, sees the earpiece and she's like, "All right, well, he's gone." That's you know, we know what he's doing. Yeah, um, <laughs> which was which was I don't know, kind of funny. I, I just. I don't know. The found family between the X-Men is just so much stronger than just a random group of, of heroes. Like, I don't know. It's just, I love the, the aspect of the team of the X-Men way more than. No, the, me too, man. Yeah, that's, that's what, that's what's been fun about this whole, this whole project in between, you know, the, the comics I pick up weekly and whatever we're reading for the project the stuff I have in the background always is like some something X-Men. I'm always figuring out a way to read something X-Men at some point because they're just such such good books, man. I love I love me some uh I love those characters and uh, mm. they've you know, up to this point, X-Men and X2, 
did a pretty good job of putting them on screen. Uh, some iffy adaptation work at points, but otherwise very, very strong. Uh, so what do you say we get into a rating of this bad boy? I think I think we are ready. Okay. I think it's going to do... I don't know. I'm pretty high on this bad boy in enjoyment, man. Uh, it's a, it's a damn good film. Uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm trying to see where we got other shit. Let's see. As far as enjoyment is concerned, I think I am like just shy of nine. Okay. So you're like, I think I'm at like eight, seven, five. Oh, nine score wise. I was like, okay. I thought you were saying like nine ranking placement. Yeah. I was like, no, okay, I don't no. know about that. I was like, okay. I'm just short high. of nine out of 10. Yeah. I think that's, that's fair. Um, I think so. Nine did seem high. Like, even a nine is maybe a little I think high, it's a bit like extreme. Eight, it's, it's high eight. Like, it's eight, five yeah. or eight, seven, five, I feel. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm closer. I don't know. I think I'm probably eight, five or eight, seven, five sounds right. I, I, I don't think it's, it's not an eight, two, five. It's not an eight. No, um, I think I'm at an eight, seven, five. I think that's where I'm yeah, at. That's oh. where I've been at since I watched it. I, uh, I think it's a damn good movie. I really, really enjoy it. Uh, but there are movies on this project I've enjoyed more. Just a few of them. Just three, actually. Uh, mm. And uh, that's just kind of that. So I definitely like it more than the first X-Men movie, which we put on an eight, I believe, in enjoyment, which mm-hmm. is uh, yeah, we did. made it easy, easy floor there. And I liked it. Uh, I think that's I liked it more than Batman Returns. Which Those are our closest, you know. We yeah, don't have anything between eight and eight seven five. Mm-mm. Yeah, Batman Forever and Phantasm is at a nine. So, yeah, makes sense there. Um, I, like Phantasm at a nine makes sense. Batman Forever is like the closest one to this, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, in enjoyment, so makes like, me think. Makes me think we might ought to bump Batman Forever to an eight seven five, but, uh. Regardless, I don't think we should do that. I think it's fine because I, I do really, really enjoy that movie. That one, no, that's the point of that movie is yeah. the fun. They had fun making that movie too, for sure. Tell. For so, sure, I, I think. Okay, um, no, I'm okay. with you. But uh, genre-wise, I think this does every bit as good as the first X Men, and yeah. even more so, actually. Uh, I think again, I'm at about an eight. Uh, as a, as an action adventure, I don't know what else you could really consider this. Uh, yeah, it's a damn good action adventure, you know. Uh, I don't know if I would go much higher than eight. I don't know if I'd go much lower than eight. How are you feeling about it? No, think it. Like, I might be no nine is way too high. I think eight, like five. I don't know because like eight, five, or maybe a no, no eight. That is a little too high. It's not like a per. This is not like what you look at as like a state, like the comic book genre action. 
Okay, yeah. Um, I was just because I was thinking more of like, um, for a comic book movie, this is like actually seriously written. You know, it's real world problems. It's actually you know, just written in a way where um, it doesn't make comic book movies look just ridiculous, right? Um, and it's I don't know, just taken very seriously and done well. Um, and I think that that should be rewarded. But oh, like, for sure. It's not a nine. Like I don't. Yeah, want when it comes to like action bad, adventure like, movies, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of really good action adventure movies. I don't know yeah, that I can necessarily yeah. label this a nine. So, I would be comfortable going up to an eight two five or eight five. I, I'm I'm down for I, that. I mean, X Men we gave a seven five, and I I mean, for genre I think like an eight is fa- like eight is still that's that's pretty. That's high. a damn, and that's movie. even that's that's a good bump above the first one, which I think it it did do. So yeah, I think I think eight eight All is right. good here. Cool, cool, cool. The next up, we've got adaptation, and like we said earlier, mm-hmm. good adaptation, good movie. Uh, not always the case. Sometimes you get a good movie and a bad adaptation. Sometimes you get a good adaptation and a bad movie. And uh, this just happened to be one that worked on both both sides. Um, mm. It's one of our better adaptations without being a perfect adaptation. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. Like one of the issues I still take with this movie is while it works within this movie is the arrival of the Phoenix Force within Gene. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of a it's just always been there sort of thing, which is like it, she's always been bonded to it, sure, but just... she hasn't always possessed it within her. Like whenever yeah. she displays a certain amount of power, her eyes start glowing red and stuff, and it's like. I don't think it's just something she just all of a sudden unlocks from within. It it literally approaches her and bonds with her. Uh, yeah, that is weird. I mean, I guess, like, how, like, it is also hard to allude to a force that makes her so powerful, but you can't really, like, just drop, like, a Phoenix Force origin out of nowhere, you know, like, beforehand. Right. So it's like, how do they... No, it'd be that. tough it'd be yeah, tough but gonna, like yeah. it, that's the thing is that but, it's not something to be done in three movies or, or if, i mean if, if it is something right. to be done in three movies if the first movie focuses on it yeah it's not okay. something to be just like oh we're kind of alluding to this in the second movie third movie we're doing it you know like that's just not it's it's too big a story uh to mm-hmm. be to be executed like that and uh well i think it works within this movie you know i don't think it necessarily hurts this movie critically uh or enjoyment wise i think it's uh i think it's a really good uh i think it works within the context of the movie mm. it doesn't yeah. work within the context of the trilogy it doesn't work within the context of what comes next movie but it works within this one uh but that still hurts the adaptation a little bit uh just a little bit though i'm not i'm not huge on it uh I think this one I'm not quite at an eight. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. They did well on some aspects. Like the the actual like just X Men part, like of the in the mansion, um, everyone protecting themselves, everyone having their their own group to look out for, like in the strikers base was really cool. Like that part of the X Men was you know, I really like was very good. The Phoenix Force stuff is is rough in 
knowing where they do go with it, it is it is kind of tough to to get by. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, that single handedly drops it at least two points. You know, like that single handedly takes it from a from a ten to an eight. The uh, the little the little changes they make throughout it mm. take it down a little bit further. You know, from God loves man kills. You know, like my beef with uh, Striker not being a reverend and not being displayed that as like a television evan Jan eh. Evan yeah, I've always struggled saying evangelist. I think um, something like know. that. I know what you're trying to say. Um, no, yeah, yeah. I think I said it. Knows. I said it fine earlier in the episode yeah. too, which is what's kind of fucking me up now. Is that like I just I just mm-hmm. knew how to say it. Uh, but is uh, it as good as Howard the Duck? That's a seven. Um, I'd say it's better wise. than How- I'd say yeah, it's, it's better than Howard the Duck. Uh, yeah, I, I I'd say like seven and a half. Seven, yeah, two, five, seven five eight. is where my gut was at. I feel good about so, that. Okay, okay. Now, okay, critically here. Story was actually good. Like it, it's it's not like written poorly. Um, but this is not a masterpiece. That's for sure. Um, no, no, but so it is better than though. the first one. Yeah, and we gave that a an eight. An eight. So, I mean, I was already I was already up at like eight eight five was my gut. Um for this one um where does that put it it puts it on spider-man hmm i was thinking eight two five that sounds better now that i know spider-man's an eight five because i'm like okay <laughs> i don't know as spider-man that's a lot more contained in a movie yeah. I, that's just very I, I don't know i feel no it's i think it's a step close. up from the yeah. first one in quality yeah. i honestly don't think it's as good looking as the first one i think the first one's a better looking movie generally mm. i do think it's better written and i do think it's better performed i think everyone sank into their roles a little bit better but i i don't think it's as good looking as the first one i thought the first one was a better looking movie on the, on the whole uh-huh. uh well that averages it out to an 8.13 which ties it exactly with batman forever um wow overall um <laughs> so what a movie to compare it to um a critically not very good batman movie but just super fun and you know super just a blast to watch versus an x-men movie that's actually made well and fun and comic book accurate for the most part um, yeah like yeah i think like where where uh batman forever um like falls I think X Men just kind of picks it up in every like every other category. Like X I didn't think so as well. So yeah, I, I dig that. I dig, which puts it a uh, tied for fourth place um, on our that's on perfect. our current list. So that yeah, that's perfect. where where we both had it in our letterbox. Is that right, or do you have it at five? I had it four. Yeah, at four. So yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, coming out to an eighty-one percent puts it about seven percent higher than the first movie overall, uh, which it's a big upgrade. Uh, in the context of this project, seventy four percent to eighty one percent goes from a C to a B minus. It's pretty. It's a pretty big leap. It's yeah. a pretty big leap. Uh, solid film. Solid film. I really, really enjoyed it, uh, and I uh, 
feel good about it. I feel good about where we're at. And uh, I cannot wait to keep going with X-Men movies as much as as bad as they can get. It's still so much fun to talk about them. It's still so much fun to watch them. Typically, I just have I have a great time with them. And uh, yeah, man, I can't wait to uh, can't wait to dig back into them. But in the meantime, next week, we've got Hulk. The first Hulk movie. Let's go, man. Yeah, the uh, first real MCU movie? Like no, MCU MCU? That's the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> no, there's is... there's theories that like this is actually the first MCU movie. Oh. Um, like there I don't know, it's it, people it's it's just uh, I don't know. I've been watching too much uh theory videos uh lately over Marvel, but it's just like a running joke to to decide where the the MCU like actually starts, um, not with Iron Man one, you know, or the Incredible Hulk, where yeah, I don't know, it's actually um, Howard the Duck. Um, for real, <laughs> yeah, right, is the real answer. Started with Daredevil two thousand three. Yeah, um, no, I get you. No, but um, gonna yeah, be man, fun to get there though. Yeah, Hulk next week, Spider Man two the week after that. We'll be bringing Michael Mealberger back on for that, mm-hmm. which I'm excited about. And then we oh, go yeah. on a, a run after that that I'm a bit concerned about. In uh, <laughs> in uh, Catwoman, Blade Trinity, and Elektra, it's going to be a fun three weeks. Oh, uh, it's going to be a blast! It's going to be great. I'm I'm not worried at all. You need you need bad movies to know what the good ones are. That's true. That's true. I'm excited yeah. to to fill out that bell curve a little bit more on our on our yeah. rating side of things as well. Yeah. So there's there's much to look forward to. Hulk <laughs> coming next week though. Cannot wait for that. Um we're currently doing our Winter is Blooming Game of Thrones rewatch, which I'm uh I'm very, very happy with. Uh you know, a few weeks back, Mandalorian just ended a few weeks back and we, we covered that all the way through. We covered uh the bad batch all the way through on rebellions bloom a lot of stuff going on here um any other comic book movies that are coming out currently and may of 2023 sounds like something should be coming out right about now um let's may see 2023 and ant-man quantumania um is is you mean as in the pod release? No, the movie release. Yes, yeah, is Ant Man Quantumania is May twenty twenty three, and then that's coming out in February twenty twenty three. Oh, that's right, that did move up. Oh, that's where the Excel that's where the dates got wrong. fucked up. That's okay. that I knew something was messed up there. Okay, now I figured it. Thank you. This is honed in where I've messed up now. That makes more sense. But then right. should be Shazam. Shazam! Fury of the Gods, yes. May 2023. Uh, there we go. Yeah, we're covering that over on patreon.com slash pennybloompod. Uh, it won't come up naturally in this project until like 2025. It's a bit far out, but uh, can't wait bit. for it. Uh, very excited. I'm, we're definitely discussing it over there on patreon.com slash pennybloompod. At least I will be. Uh, so if you would head over there and for three bucks a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge. It costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. I also do weekly comic book pull lists as weekly as I possibly can. You know, sometimes we get a little busy, but I always try to make up for it. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, 
if you would head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Leave a five star rate and review wherever you are listening and make sure you share us with a friend that'll host like crazy. Uh I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And you picked the wrong house, bub.